If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday. Oh, win a Wednesday! April 26, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Rogue One at Gary Witta. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Good, and I'm going to do something I never do, Gary. I want to apologize to you right at the top of the show. Right? Not right before. In the hour before this, I tweeted out the documentary that Skybound Games did on The Walking Dead. 10th yeah, anniversary. you're in that. You're in it, too. And I totally, when I went through, I obviously watched it. I know you're in it, but you're Gary, so I didn't think about it. And so I tweeted, and I tagged everybody I knew from it. And then I was like, I, I literally hit live, and I was like, I left Gary off the tweet. That's a fact. Yeah, I mean, that I is, I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm literally the first person who appears in the documentary. I, I mean, like the first two seconds of it. Yeah, you're, I think Sean Van, Van Amin might be first, actually. But no, he's are, in, he's in are. it the most, as uh, he and Jake are in it the most, as they should be, because those were the two main creative forces behind the game. But I believe I am the first and the last person to appear in that documentary. Uh, you said first, and I want you to know. So now I'm, I'm getting the link, and I'm, hold on, Ke right. Kevin, I'm getting you the link. We're going to look at it together. Everybody, if you go. Uh, if I'm not the very first, I'm like in the no, first. No, 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 don't try to walk it back now, Greg, Gary. Just, you just, said you, know. you were the very well, first. Well, how am I, I'm not, you're, this is you apologizing to me. You're the yeah, one who fucking left me as usual, you show your true fucking nature. I try to be nice to you and you're the scorpion. You sting me. I'm this fat frog trying no, to get I, across I, I, No, I listen. That's I accept your apology. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, I sent you the link. I sent you the link. Let's see who's right Why and who's wrong. Why are you wrong. doing this? Why are you doing this? Because I was trying to be nice to Gary. And then All what right, is I guess, Gary I guess doing? We'll throws see. it back in my face with misinformation. All right, give me one so second. you so you basically tagged everyone who appears in the documentary except me. Is that not everybody? But like you know, for? Gavin okay, and, and yeah, Dave. You weren't even offended a second ago. Relax. Okay, here we go. Right. Here we go. The first. Well, person, I mean, it's starting to sink in now. Kevin. Who's the first human being it's going to be? Sean Van. Okay, Hitler. that's Sean again, as it should be. Oh, but wait, oh, hold on. Oh, no, that's not you. That's hold you on. Said hold you on. The first person. Second person. Second person. I understand. Sean. The and honestly, it shouldn't be any other this way. Is, guys, this is the whole levels thing. Like, we just, all right, one of you guys is wrong, one of you guys is right. Come on, drop it. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. Sorry. Have you redone the tweet? No, 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 no. Okay. So I you're mean, apologizing can... for it, but you're not doing anything to actually, like, what, correct what, it. You know what? I'll link to you. Right. Wait, hold on. I'm going to go to your Twitter now. What? Gary Witt on Twitter. All right. It's all one word if you didn't know, folks. And then, yeah, okay, here's what we'll do. Okay, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm copying this link, and I'm going this. I'm going to go, I love Gary Witta. I love Gary Witta, and period, no context, and then the link to Abomination. There you go, okay? You happy now? I made up for it. We're back on the same. You group. know what? That will actually sell me some books. Whenever, whenever somebody tweets it out, I usually do sell a few copies. So oh, I, I'm sure I, I know. And oh, I appreciate like what I love about your uh, abomination. A great book. You should get. You can get it. Go to twitter.com slash Gary Wood. It's the top of the. Yeah, it's, it's my pinned tweet. tweet. Yeah, get it That's for a dollar. I, I just put it out there. Super cheap. Great book to go get. Good book to read. Have fun. But what I appreciate, Gary, is you talk every so often. I'll see you on Twitter do that, where you're like, I don't know. Who mentioned the book, but the book is selling or whatever. You know what I mean? Where all of a yeah, sudden, yeah. The other day it was uh, it was Mike Krahulik who did it from Penny Arcade who randomly tweeted something about it, and then I started getting email notifications that I was selling books. So it does work, and you've got quite the Twitter presence. I don't know. You you, you did you check to see how many followers you've lost? Yeah, I saw you and Mark Hamill talking about that yesterday. Yeah, so apparently all the lefties are uh, are losing followers, and all the uh, the righties are gaining followers. So I don't know what that's all about, I'm but it's all, into, it's all a bit. Sus. We're going to my thing. Do, 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 do. Yeah, I'm up 136 followers this month. So there you go. You're up 136 followers this month. 136 up. Month, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, so that's a net gain. But for well, someone with as many daily for stuff, someone right? with as many followers as you, you should be gaining more followers than that per month. My guess is that you net gained, but you still lost a bunch. You know what I mean? Oh sure, you gained more than yeah, you yeah, lost, yeah, yeah, but you yeah. should have gained more. Well, my numbers are all fucked up because at some point, 
there was a great we went and did a, a, a i think it was, god i think it was still screw attack when it was screw attack but it might have been a game attack panel where it was us versus mega 64 versus game attack and they did an awesome intro video on the front where they were like cutting wrestling promos the way i do you know what i mean i really fucking like that and they one of the jabs they threw at me was like it, blah, 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 and we'd have to pay for our followers and they put up this fucking stat that was like some screen you go to that shows how many bots you have or whatever oh, <laughs> and, like, yeah. we, did, we did the entire fucking panel and then afterwards i pulled them aside i'm like was that a real thing like oh yeah i'm like holy shit like i never i never in a million years would fucking pay for followers i don't care but apparently i got on no but some you can yeah but you role. can get followed by a lot of bots without asking for it. i got dropped into something where i like literally was gaining i remember me and tim marveling at it i would be gaining like Seventy-five thousand, one hundred twenty-five thousand a month or whatever. And then when Twitter did like that thing where they were like, "No more bots," and they banned some stuff, I was losing like crazy or whatever because I was at one point three million at one point. I'm now I've been one point two forever. But I don't know. I don't okay. know how it all works out. You know what I mean? All right. Nobody really knows. It's it's the internet. It's numbers. It's all fake. Who cares? Is it Twitter going to be there tomorrow? Who knows? Nobody knows. What I do know is that we got some more juice on that Last of Us remake. Variable refresh rates are coming to PlayStation 5, and the Super Mario movie's been delayed. We're going to talk about all this and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need all about. If you like that, go to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. You can toss us a few bucks. You can keep the lights and mics on. You can write it with your questions, comments, concerns. You can get the show ad-free. You can get each and every show with that exclusive post-show we do. You can even watch us record shows live like hold on embargoes i'm not sure are we embark yeah no games cash you can't watch live today we got review embargoes i apologize everybody but usually stuff like x cast ps i love you etc you can watch live and enjoy it however if you got no bucks to toss our way it's no big deal you could support by going to twitch.tv slash kind of funny games over on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games you can watch us record kind of funny games daily live and if you're there like spall 2714 altered rank altered rain and gas man uh you have a special job go it might be gas main actually but they spelled it funny but then i said man gas man be a good name too if, you, if gas man isn't taken on twitch somebody take that uh you uh can tell us what we're screwing up as we screw it up by going to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong uh that sets the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday uh, if that wasn't enough remember of course we are epic creators when you use the epic game store when you're playing fortnite on your playstation 5 when you're playing fall guys on your xbox when you're playing any game that accepts an epic creator code punching kind of funny all one word and you help us out when you buy those v bucks or whatever it is you're doing housekeeping for you speaking of helping us out greg way Kind of Funny Wrestling, KFW April Anarchy is up on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. If you didn't know, we've started a wrestling federation where we make AI versions of ourselves wrestle for our amusement, and me and Mike commentate over it. Yesterday was our first pay-per-view. It is a banger of an episode. We have eight original uh, different video vignettes made. Matt Batson's there giving you things. We had an original theme song created. You got Joey Noel being a bad guy. Uh, even if you don't like wrestling, I encourage you to go watch this. And beyond encourage i ask you to go watch this please go over to youtube.com slash kind of funny games watch a little bit of this jump around if, if you're looking for a great match what i would tell you is go watch the triple threat uh, alana pierce versus elise willems versus joey noel for the kind of funny twitch championship best match we've ever done lots of twists and turns if you're just looking for funny stuff watch uh Khalif adams promo on me and then my promo on him you should but do please. a live version of this at pax like you could be the new league of heels oh where we actually do like where we everybody's in character together and stuff yeah Seems like or, or actually wrestle. Oh, yeah. Wrestle. Well, you've seen how that goes. People get hurt. Dan Riker almost broke my ribs. Remember when John Drink jumped off a stage and blew out his knee or whatever, or his ACL or whatever? Like, you just can't do it. It's, it's, it's bad news, Bears. Don't do it. But what I am asking, ladies and gentlemen, is even if you don't care about kind of funny wrestling and you're just a podcast listener, it would mean a lot to me to go watch that. We put a lot of work into that in this show in particular. It'd be cool if you gave it a shot. And we hear all the time from people who are like, I don't give a shit about wrestling. This is cool. It's cool. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Prank Skin Anonymous. Today we're brought to you by Brother, Print Brother Printers, Lumen Skin, and Razor. We'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Seven items on the Roper Report. A baker's dozen. I said Brother Printers, and then my Brother Printer started cleaning itself. Interesting. 
Now it's talking to me. Number one on the Roper Report, we have more The Last of Us remake juice. This is Victoria Kennedy over at Eurogamer. A new LinkedIn listing has pointed to the previously reported The Last of Us remake. Naughty Dog QA Corey Hong has both, quote, QA testing and development support on environment design for unannounced multiplayer project and QA testing and development support plus level point of contact for unannounced remake project listed on their resume. This, fans expect, relates to both The Last of Us' long-awaited standalone multiplayer component and a remake of the initial game. While Naughty Dog has never officially announced it is remaking The Last of Us, its existence was first reported over a year ago now. Bloomberg initially revealed the project, claiming that it was in development at an unannounced new studio created within its little-known San Diego-based visual arts service group, but when handed to no- I'm sorry, but was handed to Naughty Dog after Sony had a change of mind. Meanwhile, in September last year, Naughty Dog assured fans that there that it was still working on its multiplayer component for part two. Quote, we see the community comments as many of you clamor for multiplayer and want updates. For now, we'll say that we love what the team is developing and want to give it the time uh, to I want to give them time to build out their ambitious project. We'll reveal more when it's ready, wrote the studio's senior communications manager, Rochelle Snyder. Uh, release the Snyder cut of uh, multiplayer. Uh, there have Additionally, been several files found within The Last of Us Part 2 that have offered some hints as to what Naughty Dog had originally planned for its multiplayer game before it became a standalone release. These include a large Battle Royale-type map and armor sets for Ellie, leaving many to wonder if these ideas will still be implemented in the new multiplayer down the line. Gary Witta, does a Last of Us remake do anything for you? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm certainly interested to see it. Um, it kind of feels like the gap, the time window between the release of a game and it getting like a full-on remake seems to be narrowed. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This would be like the most recent game to get a full-on remake, right? Because usually it's a bit longer than this. I mean, remember Last of Us on PS3 came out in 2013. Okay, so, so, by the time, on, so it's by like the, 10 years. But again, that's still short for a full-on remake. In the grand scheme of things? Yeah. yeah. No. I mean, yeah. generally, you're looking at games that are a little bit, a little bit older than that. But none. Of, I mean, sure, I don't yeah. think, Usually, I don't when think we that... think of something, you're thinking of like a Shadow of Colossus, right? Where you're going from a PS2 game all the way to it being completely recreated by Bluepoint on PS4, right? Not talking about the remaster. We're talking about a remake, all that jazz. I'm with you. I understand what you're saying. I mean, I mean, look at they just did GTA 5, right? Which I don't think is necessarily a full. Yeah, it's not remake. a remake. It's, it's just, remaster. it's just the next gen, you know, upgrade of it. Which again, they don't forget. It's interesting. They already did it with Last of Us once, right? Last of Us was originally a PS3 game. They yep. already did The Last of Us remastered Remaster. for PS4. Yep. And then this is now taking it like to the next level, which I guess it's like this is like a complete from the ground up remake, right? That's this isn't idea. a remaster. Yeah. This is 100%. a total remake. So yeah. I don't know if that means it's going to be the exact same game, just with, you know, current gen. Like, what's it these days? Hold on, just, just stop to, because the chat's being very confused about all this. Spider-Man remake came out two years after release. Spider-Man was not a remake. remake. That was a remaster. A remake is when you start from scratch, you crack your knuckles, and you're like, we are making this in a new engine or whatever the fuck, and we're doing everything. A remaster is when you say, hey, this game looked like this, and now we're putting new textures in and new whatever in the hell. It's the same thing. It just looks better, except we replaced it. To be fair, so, Greg, I do think the line is becoming increasingly blurred between what what counts as a remake and what is what is a remaster i think i think there is some confusion because confusion for sure like where's the line drawn i think it's when you do something from when you go in and do something from the ground up when you're making a new game i feel like here's the thing you want to know the easiest way to explain this everybody stick with me and you're all gonna go oh this is stupid greg but it's gonna work just stick with me the way to look at this between a remaster i'm sorry a remake and a remaster right and we'll use them here in a second ghostbusters 2 Dana Barrett, of course, works at the museum, and she's doing that thing where she's fixing a painting. She's touching up a painting, right? She is remastering that painting. Now, if Dana Barrett was sitting there with a blank canvas and looking at the other painting and painting her painting, that would be a remake. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. The defense rests. Just crushed it. That's it. That's how you know. So if you're sitting there with a blank canvas painting a new picture or painting a new picture but being inspired by the other picture, guess what? You're making a, a remake. If you're sitting there with a the little cloth and Janos comes over and you're just touching up a so thing, you got I, those goggles I, I understand on, the distinction making... you're making about about the the extent of the process. Yeah, but in terms of at the end of the day, what's the what's the end result? If once you show me the game and I sit down in front of it and I'm playing it, like Hold on, how much how right much there. more extensive? Okay, so we've already seen the. I mean, this would actually be a great comparison point because this might be now that I think of it, the first game 
that has got both a remaster and a remake, right? Because we already have the remaster. The remake's on the way. Well, again, um, I mean, Shadow Colossus. Shadow, what, Shadow of Colossus had a remake? Yeah, the Blue Point one. That wasn't a remaster. That was them going in and making the game from the ground up on their own. But, but now, and again, see this. I mean, it's again, it's 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 confusing. But the the, the question is, how much? Well, Quack Attack has a great question. Quack Attack V two says, then what's a reboot? Using my Dana Barrett painting thing, right? So if, if she is touching it up, right, that is remaster. If she's starting with a blank canvas and looking at the painting from before, that's a remake. And a reboot would be her just having the blank canvas and a, an idea of the painting. Thank you. The defense rests. Yeah, it's, that's it, yeah. It's that, that analogy I mean, it's increasingly analogy. shaky. The more you torture it, no, um, no, it makes so much sense. Are you joking? My 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 question is: is it but is it merely just like a more extensive graphical makeover, or are, are they are they going to change any? Like, is it like oh, here's an opportunity for us to like fix some of the gameplay aspects that we well, over the last nine years have realized could be improved? Oh, or... dude, no, that's I mean, again, it, since it's going to be a remake, theoretically, again, this is all rumors, reports, Bloomberg, what we've heard before, the visual concept story, yada yada yada, or visual art service. Yes, it's going to be from the ground up. So you assume it's going to be, hey, we are making the Last of Us again, but we're using the Last of Us Part Two's engine. Right, and so at that point, you figure environments should be more open. There'll be more stealth. You'll be able to do more stealthy stuff. You'll have the more brutal kills. You know, blah blah blah, so on and so forth, or whatever. Because going back to play Last of Us, uh, even the, I, I guess I played Last of Us, the PF, PS4 remake on my PS5, right? Uh, when I sat down and did that, but even then, you go back and you play that game, and it's like, wow. At the time, it didn't feel so linear. It didn't feel so tight. But it is such a tight game in terms of like what they were doing and where you move the ladder and what you do the next thing. I think to take the story of the last of us and put the last of us Two's gameplay on it i think it'll be just a great time it'd be a lot of fun and uh, yeah so, so I'm, I'm interested to see i mean I, th I think it's totally valid the, la the last of us is one of those games that has earned a place in gaming history where you know i think it's th they can remaster remake it represent it as many times as they want right because it's it's one of the all-time you know classics it's, a, it's now a pillar of 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 the modern gaming landscape so they can do whatever they want with it i am genuinely interested to see it just because i would like to see the answer to this question not just in terms of oh wow it looks really great with like ps5 you know level uh, graphics but like sure. will it actually feel and play like a markedly different experience than the one you remember you know from the ps3 or the ps4 like will it will it, will it play or feel like a different game because obviously it's not going to be radically different it's still the last of us right but yeah do you think i mean is the story going to change like to what extent are they going to redo this thing because think, think about think about it in movie terms right to 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 to, to go back to your analogy if you think about it in movies when they remaster a movie right that yeah. really is just going through the technical like finding a better negative or going back and like putting some new color grading on it or whatever or like you know sometimes they go over the top and they smooth things out too much they do digital processes that fuck it up but that really is just like a new coat of paint for the existing film right frame by frame it's the same film when they remake a film they can make radical you know, obviously they recast yeah. it they they can reset it in a different location they can have a radically different story the, there are elements that you may remember from the original film but in some cases it can be radically different right so i don't think it's going to be that far like someone's reimagining the last of us from the ground up and like oh shit that's totally different from the first game i we don't know right but i mean i'll be interested to see how far they go in that down that road yeah i think you're going to get the same story if anything you'll get things added to it maybe if they for some reason think that that they can't stretch with the lot if they i don't think it would make well i guess Dropping in the new gameplay of The Last of Us or Last of Us Part 2 gameplay, Last of Us Part 1 and giving you bigger environments and stuff, you might need to not pad it out, but give more lines of dialogue, more little things over here on the side to make sense of it, unless they want it to be a shorter experience. But again, what gets interesting about Remake, what gets interesting about um, uh, factions and whatever the multiplayer is going to be, is then you have to look at Last of Us Part 2 and be like, all right, well, what about a director's cut for that? And so then you have to wonder... Is it all going to be in one? Are we going to get one like Last of Us definitive collection that they're going to put out? That is the you know Last of Us series director's cut that has all this bundled in. Sure, I'm you know unless they go the Insom route right with the Spider-Man remaster and how they put that behind Miles Morales, I'd imagine you could get factions on its own. But maybe you can only get the remake of Last of Us in this collection that comes with Last of Us Part Two director's cut. Because again, what I imagine all this is building to on. on 
top of the fact, of course, Last of Us Part 2 is a market improvement over Last of Us Part 1 gameplay-wise. What I imagine this is building to and why you're on this track is the fact that, sure, Last of Us is an amazing game. Sure, you want to make it modern, but you're about to have an HBO series drop. And this HBO series, again, I'm talking out my ass. I haven't watched it, but from the cast, from the people working on it, from Neil's involvement, I imagine is going to be the best video game adaptation of anything of all time. And so I think it's going to bring in a whole bunch of new fans to Last of Us in the same way we saw The Witcher on Netflix, again, based on the books I know, but The Witcher on Netflix, when that dropped, Witcher 3 was doing the highest concurrence on Steam it had done ever, you, you know, including launch. And so I think PlayStation's trying to bank on that, that when Last of Us hits, we have a place for you to go get the last of us that'll look amazing and again won't look antiquated when you play it and a reason hopefully knock on wood to pick up a ps5 that at that point will be on shelves in a store that you can get the idea here is to have something out there that is turnkey and easy for a consumer a mainstream consumer to say oh man i love pedro pascal i'm watching the show this show is awesome and then at the end you know they show you a, a commercial or a blip or whatever even on just your you know they're running an ad campaign on cnn or wherever it is that you see hey there is The Last of Us. The, you, the show you love is all is based on this game, and this game looks better than ever, and it's 4K, and it's 60 frames a second, it's this, that, and the other. And Bob, when you're watching this commercial, like, oh my God, this looks amazing. I, I know that people love this game. Let's go. You never have to go, all right, well, I bought a PlayStation 5, and now I want to play this Last of Us, but here's part two, but here's uh, there's a remastered part, but here's this, you don't have to jump through all these hoops. You just have everything ready to go, probably in one box. In terms of best video game adaptation of anything ever, first of all, let's not forget now that the Sonic movies are out there. So, you know, the bar is set very, very high. I do think it will be very good. Um, and I think that's an interesting aspect of it as well, right? Come next year, I think we we could be looking at, I don't know if they're going to, how much, to what degree they're going to try to sync it up, but the remaster, the, or sorry, the remake of this game and the TV show, which is also it's in its own way a remake of the first game. For sure. Um, it's going to be interesting to kind of see those both together, right? Because there'll be two different takes. And I wonder, I think this is probably unlikely, but I, I want, it's not impossible to what extent Neil in working on the show, which is, you know, revising and revisiting and making changes to the original story, might have thought, for example, huh, I kind of like what we did with the TV show kind of version of the twist on the story. Let me see if we like, maybe that could filter back into the remake, into the remake of the game. I don't know. I think that's, I think they are probably their own two separate beasts, but it's going to be interesting to far, see basically essentially two different, remakes adaptations of the last of us in two different mediums right video game and tv coming out in relatively close proximity it'll be interesting to, to kind of compare the two it will be gary and i'm excited to do just that on kind of funny games daily and ps i love you and games cast and all that and screencast i guess as it comes kevin remember screencast that's a show we do mm -hmm, mm -hmm. thank you Kev. great job are you interested in the multiplayer aspect i am interested I wouldn't, I'm not jonesing for it. There's a little boy I work with named Blessing Addy Oye Jr., you know, who's in the chat talking all sorts of shit with stuff. He is over the moon, outrageous. You know what I mean? He can't wait for this thing. He goes to sleep in his twin bed, his little race car bed, and he flops around. He's so excited. He can't sleep for this this faction stuff. I'm excited to see what it will be and like how it will play. And also to have, I guess, you know, you know, have Blessing, have Andy, have Mike, people who are into multiplayer games. Maybe that'll be a great way for me to get into it. I, I never connected with factions the first time around in, in Last of Us Part 1 on PS3. So I'm not like coming at it as like, oh, I can't wait for more. It was interesting and it just wasn't for me. But I feel like as well as The Last of Us Part 2 played, if they're going to bring that kind of gameplay into this, that could be a lot of fun for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in it. I, I, gen I generally kind of tend to prefer third person multiplayer shooters over first sure. person i was kind of bummed out when PUBG kind of everyone kind of moved over to first person because i was enjoying third person especially when there's a cover aspect like i always used to really like gears of war multiplayer especially horde mode um and i and i, I it, it was it was only a thing for like five minutes but do you remember when uncharted multiplayer was a thing i used to enjoy that as well that's probably the closest comp to what we're dealing with here you know same developer and everything i enjoyed um, the last of us i'll give it a try uncharted i'm sorry uncharted 2 multiplayer i played a fair amount of i did enjoy that i felt like that was drop in drop out and again i i like third person as well so i felt like i was competent in that i was decent at that i was above average in that yeah uh, but the, yeah for for three i did a little bit of it but no, i didn't stick around for a long time i probably just did enough to feel like i could review it and then bounce to gary yeah, go you on. ask me what I, what I feel about it. what you know. Will I play multiplayer? It's a game I want to try. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like you're going to be able to try some stuff too. We're going to go to GameDeveloper.com, where Bryant Francis reports time game trials are now a requirement for some PlayStation developers. 
Sony has begun communicating with their developers about its plans for timed game trials on PlayStation Plus premium subscribers, for PlayStation Plus premium subscribers. According to sources, speaking to game developer, developers working on games that cost $34 or more are now required to create time-limited game trials for their games. These trial versions must be at least two hours long. Games that cost lower than those amounts are not required to create limited time trials, according to the new policy. The plan follows Sony's announcements for extended, I'm sorry, expanded subscription options for PlayStation Plus. The good news is these requirements are not retroactive and do not apply to upcoming PlayStation VR titles. The less great news is that you're is is that if you are a developer planning to release on the PlayStation Store in the future, you now need to budget time and resources to create these new time trials. There is some flexibility as part of Sony's policy. Developers have up until three months after the game launches on the PlayStation Store to release their time trial. Trials are also only required to be available to PlayStation Plus premium users for at least 12 months. Sony is also open to releasing custom game demos instead of limited time game trials, but these will only be approved on a case-by-case basis. Developers are also still free to publish free weekends, game trials, or custom demos that can be accessed by all PlayStation owners. This new policy seems to be a mixed bag for all developers planning to release on PlayStation. On the one hand, larger publishers like Activision Blizzard, 2K Games, or Sony's in-house studios will likely have the resources needed to create these time-limited game trials and stand to benefit from PlayStation Plus premium subscriptions. On the other hand, if your game is hovering just over the $34 price point, you're probably working with fewer resources than your competitors, and two hours may be a significant chunk of your game's content. Savvy developers can maximize those trials into opportunities to acquire new developers, I'm sorry, new players, but with no promise of payout at the end, it could risk being a lot of work for limited payoff. Sony did not respond to our queries about its new policy by the time of publication. We will update the story when they get back to us. Gary, what's your Mm. initial reaction on this? Um, I think it's very interesting. I just have one question because that was a lot. I think there was I one know, detail sorry, that I missed. Dense, very dense. Sorry, are the, is the idea that these time trials would be available to all PlayStation people, or do you have? To, is it only if you're at a certain tier on PlayStation Plus? PlayStation Plus premium members, subscribers. Okay. That's where that's where they're 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 windowing it, where they're putting the. I, I mean, first yeah. of all, I think that's a I think that's a very compelling. Uh, selling point for PlayStation Plus premium. I would love to be able to. Uh, do a do a, to do a demo or a time trial of like every game in the store. As I've said many many times over the years, I missed the days of the Xbox 360 where they had that run. No, it wasn't. That wasn't just you had to have a uh, a certain tier or whatever. Like every, every game, game had every, every game. game had to have a demo. And yeah. I, I've said many times, I was kind of sad that went away. And then Game Pass kind of kind of sort of replaced it in a way. In that you know, there's a whole bunch of games you can try out as much as you want. You know, right? Because the whole game is there including your subscription. But again, that's a limited selection of games, not every single game. So I actually really like this. I have a few questions uh, and comments. Uh, my question is kind of more of a comment. Uh, two hours actually seems like a lot. Yeah. I it mean, there is some, <laughs> uh, to your point, there's, if you especially throw indie games in there, there's a bunch of games you can finish in two hours. And that's one of the big issues I think you're about to see, where I think right now there's a bunch of scuttlebutt about this, a bunch of different takes. I have a question here from Grezik that I want to get in there too. But the long and short of it is I think you're about to see a lot of games that are going to be uh, $33.99, or they're going to start making up a new price. Right, right. So that, now, that, that was my next question. How do you what? think they arrived at this $34 cutoff point? What is if It, it seems kind of arbitrary, but I'm sure they, they, they arrived there for a reason. What's $34 so all about? let me rant for just a little bit. Not even rant, but try to paint a picture to try to, if you're at home or in your car right now and you don't fully understand why people are mad or you're only taking it from one side, right? The argument is laid out great by Bryant here in his article on GameDeveloper.com. A big publisher wouldn't have to worry about this. Smaller, or I'm sorry, a big developer wouldn't worry about this. Small developer or publisher, publisher might. And so you get into this, yeah, what if my game is only 45 minutes long? What if my game is six hours long, right? And suddenly I'm putting out a third of it for free for you to go through and play it. It sounds bad, but then I think the price point is where it gets interesting, where I've seen a lot of indie developers uh, and developers in general be like, oof, this is a lot and this will be a lot of work and yada, yada, yada. I then stop and I start thinking about indie games and don't, you're wrong me. I'm aware that there are plenty of independent games that are $34 or higher for, you know, usually at 40 buck price point. But 
the overwhelming majority of indies we talk about, right, are going to be below that price point. So right. Now, that's a good point. So indies will be immune to this. So that's good. Your toems, right? Your nobody saves the world unpacking, even though that's – I don't think they've announced the price point on PlayStation yet, right? You're not – for those games that I just mentioned, getting above that. Yes, there are plenty of indies that are over that, but I don't. I think the overwhelming majority of indies where a tiny studio are below that. When you start thinking of that $40 price point, I am thinking of your 505 games, your Saber Interactives, your you know, PlayStation Studios, when they do stuff like that. And those publishers slash developers, I feel, it, there'll be a learning curve to this. There's going to be, you know, okay, well, hold on a second. Let's figure this out. But I think that those publishers specifically, especially with the contracts they do with these developers, would be able to in-house it, figure out something, hire staff. Also, as we get into this, right, I think you start thinking of a demo as being, oh, my God, this demo. It's We have to make a vertical slice. You have to do this kind of thing. I, I am not a developer. I do not understand how easy any of this shit is. But I feel like two hours, like, is a game trial that you could go in and figure that out. Maybe that's the answer. Maybe that's the way to go for it. But even taking that out, because again, I'm talking completely out of my ass on that. The one thing I do know is the price point being the cutoff there, where I, again, you really don't see that many $34 games either, right? I feel like when we're talking about games, again, broad strokes, don't throw something in my face. You're talking about your free to play, your 499s, your 999. 1999, and then I feel like you get into that gap where you go to like 30, 40, 50. Yeah, it usually goes up in like increments of 10. I think you jump to 40 for the most part. Again, this is, you know, I want people to explore the scale, explore the marketplace, and find what you want and what you need to be profitable. I'm not trying to do that, but I just feel like 34 is in this weird little no man's world where it's like, yeah, I've seen 30, 29.99 for games, of course, and yeah, I've seen. $39.99, of course, but that 35 buck price point, I'm not seeing a lot of. They exist, I know. I'm not saying they don't. But I feel like it's an interesting thing. This is what they need to do to make PlayStation Plus work on the way they want it to and make the, you know, that that tier PlayStation Plus premium uh enticing to get you in and of course entice you really to go, you know what, I want to go uh and stay there and be there. So I understand why they're doing it, and I think it's really only gonna affect the bigger publishers and developers, but they're all, I'm sure there's somebody cross, caught in the crossfire right now who is making a smaller game who is doing this. It's I, God, it's, there's so many different ways to think about this. It's really interesting. I mean, on the one hand, I do think it's very a, a very consumer-friendly move, right? From the, from the right. gamer's point of view, what's not to like, right? Like you yep. get to check out two hours of every game uh, as part of this subscription. I, 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 like they just got me a lot closer to, to going in on that, on that level. I was going to go in on the middle level, but maybe if this is what is available at the top tier, I really like to like, like to be able to try out. The you games. were going to do PlayStation Plus X, X, extra. I don't. I don't believe. I don't know. You're, I, you're I, I, I was thinking about it. I talk a lot of shit. I always say I'm going to do this. I, I said I wasn't going to order a Steam Deck, and then I fucking did. I knew you. Would, I'm, I'm probably going to sell it. So I don't know. We'll see. And that's um, my thing. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. You're going to get the checkout. It's going to say, all right, this is fourteen ninety nine a month, and you're going to see seventeen ninety nine next to it, and not go, well, come on. Come yeah, on. just yeah, just whatever. I mean, it's very easy. Bucks. Would you like to supersize that? I'm a very yep. easy upsell. Yep. I'm gonna go. Yep. Yeah, yep. fine, yep. fuck yep. it. Yep. Yep. I'll eat them. Um, and so it's again thirty four. Like, it's really interesting because I kind of feel like on the one hand, there's a lot of developers here. Again, a lot of developers that are doing like twenty dollar, you know, two hour games. Like you and I, we didn't think it was a great game, but like you and I both recently played a Memoir Blue, right? Which is like a two hours yeah. at best, right? And what I don't remember what the price point was, like $20. I was going to say, so I, I don't either, that, but it's got it. No, that's okay. a game that couldn't survive a two-hour time trial because you could basically play the entire game. But also, it's immune, right? There's going to be some games that kind of fall $7.99. into this. $7.99. $7.99. $7.99. Oh, wow, super cheap. So there's going to be there's going to be some games that fall into the switches where like the developer's going to kind of say, well, our game is $39.99, so we've got to do this. But like a two-hour trial, you can play most of the game in 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 that, T- to which maybe the answer is, well, maybe you shouldn't be charging 40 bucks for a game that's only, you know, three hours long or whatever. That's, and I think that's, that's, a that's the more realistic thing you're going to see is that there will be this, all right, well, you, you'll have this conversation of what you should set your price point at, and there'll be these conversations of like, well, fuck, well. That's a, so that's, we- that's, a, that's a different question. It's interesting. Um, the other thing is, I think developers are probably going to hate this. A, because, again, they're going to worry that um, it's it's going to put people off playing a lot of games. Again, because people feel like they mostly experienced it or whatever, or, you know, it's it remains to be seen. But also because I, I don't know how they're going to actually do this, like what the developer is going to be asked to deliver to Sony or if Sony is somehow going to handle it. But, like, carving out a piece of a game, either for a demo or just a limited time trial that cuts off after two hours, 
I'm not a programmer here, but I think a game developer would tell you it's not as easy as that. Like oh, no, you can't yeah, just yeah. like cut off the first two hours of the game and, and deliver it. Unless Sony's got kind of si some kind of system to basically deliver you the whole game, but then have some kind of clock that just shuts the game off after two hours or whatever. Like carving out a specific chunk, whether it be for a demo or even just a time limited thing, um, that's extra work for the developer. So they're probably not gonna gonna love that. Um, but I do think it's very pro consumer. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. It'd be interesting if Microsoft feels the need to respond in any way. Because Microsoft you know, really kind of paved the way for this back in the 360 days with the uh, with the game demos. And that was less about a time trial. I mean, that really was a lot of extra work for the demo, for the game developer. Because it wasn't just like the first two hours. It was whatever they felt like constituted a good demo for the game. It could be short. It could be long. It was, it was, it was a bespoke piece that they had to make separately as, you know, the demo. Um... So I don't know. I'm kind of. I think I'm mostly in favor of it because it just again, it's just from a consumer point of view, what's not to like, right? It's a bunch of extra stuff you get to try for free. Hopefully, you know, will help prevent you getting getting your fingers burned with a game that you didn't like. Like Elden Ring would, they would have to do this, right? I, I don't want to open up another fucking can of worms, uh, as I always do when I talk about Elden Ring. But like two hours was more than enough for me to know that Elden Ring's not a game I want to play more. Sure. Of. So that would have been perfect for me. Yeah, right? I'm very curious about it. Um, and in two hours, I could have known. Yep, not for me. So that would have saved me sixty bucks. Uh, I mean, in so some I, th I think it's we good. start. In some ways, we start. I think slipping into not a hundred percent, but similar. If you remember uh, from last week, two weeks ago, where Lauren Lanning from Oddworld talked about how uh, PlayStation Plus, you know, moved X million of copies of Oddworld, but that you know they would have made more money if they sold those units, obviously, and that they really he kind of regrets doing the deal or whatever. Uh, the argument there, of course, is that I think way more people downloaded that Oddworld game and tried it because it was free on PlayStation Plus. And so I don't think the number of them would have bought it. It's that idea here where, it, to that very specific Lauren uh, example, this would be a solution to that, where it would be, all right, cool, four, four million people, let's say, download the demo for Oddworld or whatever, Game X here off of this PlayStation Plus uh, uh, deal, right? And then you're actually going to have the chance to... Uh, activate them as sales rather than something than just have them play the game and bounce a lot will play and bounce but that's how all of this works when you give a free trial you you're trying to get that one to five percent that'll actually stick around and pay for the product they're trying because you're going to have the install base of game x's fans like odd worlds fans that are going to come in buy the game no matter what but then you're trying to get the people who are on the fence of like I know this game's popular, but it's not really my kind of game. Would I actually like it? Would I try? I read this thing, but I'm still not sold. I listen to these people on a podcast. I'm still not sold. Now you get to try it and go and, and see if it clicks for you. So yeah, for the, for the you know for the same reason we're always bigging up Game Pass, saying it's great for game discovery. I think this could be um, a really good. I, I think this actually think at least at the top tier. I think this make put, in, inches this um, a little bit closer to being uh, more of a Game Pass competitor. Because again, I think from a consumer point of view, that two hours is is really interesting. A couple of things to think about before you get too excited, Greg, I'm pretty sure you won't be able to earn trophies in these trials, of right? Course, yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll be switching those off. Um, and then another thing, like, do you think that if you played the two hour trial do you, and then bought the game, do you think it, do you think it would allow you to have like saved the game and carry and that see, over? See, this is the thing you're, you're getting into. Right now we're hearing from gamedeveloper.com. I wish we were he hearing from PlayStation even if it was a leaked document from PlayStation explaining these things, because will your progress carry over and will your trophies carry over? My answer to these, based on what I'm reading here, since this is just on a portal and this is how people are finding out about it, would be no. I wish PlayStation had thought this through enough of like, listen, you do the two-hour demo, and as you play, it'll pop trophies, but they'll have like a lock symbol on them until you uh, buy and When it. you and buy the game, they all unlock, right? Exactly. Your progress is there when you're done. That we know that's been done with other games. There's plenty of games that put out their free trial weekends that are you know allow that to happen, or even Xbox you know play with a, a Xbox free play days do stuff like that too, right? Where if you buy the game, you're activated. The free trials from Ubisoft, I've seen that before too. I would like to see that happen. I would hope that would happen. I don't think that's going to happen here, but I could be wrong. But again, the way they're phrasing that to be demos, right, rather than a game trial kind of thing. And again, this isn't official or information from PlayStation talking to us. It's getting through the developers or whatever. Maybe I'm wrong, maybe it's different, but I think what they're doing is make a demo, which if you remember in the old days on 360 with the demos, and I'm talking a bit up my ass here too, you didn't get the achievements from your demos either, right? No, the I demos there so. were, you tried it because it was a separate thing. It what? Yeah. If we want to get into really nerdy, we're talking about different SKUs, right? We're talking about different builds that aren't the same thing. So you're playing a demo, but you're not actually playing the game. Yeah, so like an Xbox actually... 360 demo wasn't just always the first hour of the game or whatever. They would create, yeah. they would actually create a different piece of the game to show you. Yeah.
So I don't know. I mean, I again, I like it from my point of view. It's for all sure. just extra free stuff to try out for me. I my guess is this is probably overall on balance developers are probably not thrilled about this would be my guess yeah it's definitely more work it's definitely you know uh, something for more for them to do and go through and figure out what they want to do with it but i also think that right now the knee-jerk reaction again you're like you're saying it's it's pro consumer of let you try the game before you buy or whatever but then i think it's the change in workflow i think you know again uh brian's piece does a great job of calling out right like if you you know this isn't retroactive which is great but if you were a developer planning to release a PlayStation game in the future, you now need to budget time for this, right? And that is the other thing too, right? How many games have been in the pipeline? You're coming down to your summer release date or whatever, and now you fucking see this. You're like, oh. and granted, again, it's like you can, you, they, they know they're spinning this up. They know they're changing. You can do it after the fact for three months, right? But still, let me let I'm me on. ask you a more general question related to this issue that I think might be interesting. How reliable do you think? in general, are the first two hours of a game as a barometer of whether or not you're actually going to like the game. Like, Because I can think of examples of games, and maybe you can too, where like the first couple of hours didn't sell you on it, but like it's, they actually started to click and pop off after that. So I wonder if, the, I wonder if these two-hour trials, like you could get like a false negative, you know, or 100%. a false positive, right? You could love the first two hours of the game, but then it goes downhill. So, you know, just because you like or dislike the first two hours doesn't mean you would like or dislike the entire game. I think 100%. in many cases, that's a good, it, it's a good barometer, but in many cases also not. And I think that's the thing where, number one, you're, we're talking a bit more of an abstract in terms of like, okay, well, I do have those examples of games that I played and they didn't immediately click, blah, blah. But I have way more examples of games I didn't play that, yeah, I started playing and I knew I wouldn't like them, right? Uh, Grezik's question, uh, we've already answered, right? The actual one. But one of the things I thought that was interesting when he tosses out here is, right, uh, given, and I'm just going to jump into the middle of uh, Grezik's question, they wrote in patreon.com slash games, just like you can. Given Sony's dominant position in the console market, this requirement feels a bit iffy to me, ethically speaking, as it adds extra hoop for developers to get into the largest console market Market while adding dubious value for the devs themselves the last real analysis of demos i saw was done in 2013 on xbox 360 mm -hmm. analytics from edar said at the time that games on 360 with just trailers sold about twice as well as games with trailers and demos mm. meaning that the demos actually didn't work now that's a 2013 stat don't know and he even says i don't know entirely possible things have changed yada 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 right especially in the time of game pass what i would that's a stat to keep in your head from EDAR, of course, it does that kind of thing. And I don't, kind of funny.com slash you're wrong if you have more updated stat on demos. Obviously, Steam does demos, there's a million different demos, yada, yada, yada. But to your point, Gary, of two hours didn't click for you, and then you have this game that you actually did like. Right. I have plenty of those. I have plenty of those in my head. However, those games are usually from a few to many years ago. Right now, I feel like in 2022, you are inundated with information and in movies and games and comics and TV and et cetera and et cetera and et cetera. Game Pass is a this roulette wheel, this buffet of games. PlayStation Plus is about to be that. I feel nowadays, if you can't get someone in the first two hours, yeah, they're gonna bounce. And I'm thinking you're, you know, the games I'm gonna I would bring up in this case are things that you know I spent my hard-earned money on. And I came home from the, I drove to EB, I came back from the mall, I sat down to put it in, and I did not like that game, but guess what? I was committed, and I was in now. Or I got it for Christmas, and I did that, and I played, and eventually found it. See, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? When you've already spent the money on the game, even if it's not clicking you with, with the, for, for the first couple of hours, you're like, you're part committed now, right? Like, you got to, so I got to, I, I should at least keep playing and see, maybe it'll, maybe it will click for me, and then sometimes it does, right? Like, once you, once you're committed financially to the game like it's it's a little bit harder to just just you know, just like dismiss it and throw it away say totally. oh you know bring on the next thing um but if, if if you're already if you're playing on a free trial i think you might be more likely to say you know what this isn't for me but oh man that the, the part of it that is for you might have been just around that corner and what's what's interesting about modern games and i saw this recently with um the new horizon is this uh, the, the first couple of hours of a game are often now so tutorial heavy right that what you're sure. playing for the first couple of hours is not really the game it's just like a, a subset of the game that's teaching you how to play the game that to come i was watching leah play some at some of forbidden west and she was actually a little bit frustrated like an hour in going like i'm still in the fucking tutorial like i'm still you're still in this very linear part of the game and it's only when you get out of all of that that the world actually kind of opens up and you start to experience the freedom of you know the bit the best thing about horizon right is the open is that amazing open world we can go anywhere the first two hours of the game aren't like that at all because it's very linear and it's very tutorial, very handholdy. 
Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a good well, then example there's of, the a rub, hour, right? of a triple A game where the first two hours are not really selling you on what's to come. And there's, they're not, and there's it's, the it's rub, not a good though, representation. Right? Of do, are you going to have, if you're a developer in that situation, do you put out those two hours or do you create a vertical slice for two hours or do you toss someone into the deep? Like if you toss them in the deep end, it goes the opposite way, right? Where it's like, I don't understand how any of this works. Like if you drop me, if you had never played Horizon and then you drop me, 40 hours into horizon right with like all the sh all the shit unlocked and we're like take down a thunder jaw you're like i don't know the fuck i don't you talking about like you can't do that kind of thing uh real quick uh i asked for updated stats uh nanobiologist was able to supply me here with an article from game developer uh this was uh published august 9th 2021 steam demo showcases officially good for sales <laughs> we can now see official valve data that shows that steam next fest is good for you so what does that mean and then it's more of an editorial but it looks like uh welcome back uh, so thanks to uh, official Valve blog post crunching the numbers from the, the Steam Next Festival in 2020, we know a few things. You definitely get more wish lists in almost all cases. Uh, in addition, those extra Steam wish lists do convert to more sales. Oh, and there's a bonus to the Halo effect, probably thanks to this guy. So it's it's good. It looks like median wish list increase. If you did it was four, 421%. Again, I'm jumping into this and kind of running through this. So I, it's maybe apples and oranges to an extent of everything. But again, buried title steam demo showcases officially good for sales. You can look for that on game developer. If you want more information on that. So it is a new age of what's going on. And then so also it sounds like there's a lot of contradictory data, right? You're saying on this. No, no, no. I don't think there's a lot. I think that last time EDAR did a real, again, game demos have gone away. So right. the stats from 2013, which might as well be three decades ago, being like, yeah, trailers are great. Demos don't actually move as much. And so yeah. we as an industry moved away from demos. And now demos are a limited thing where, again, there's more shit vying for all your attention and money. So I think trying before you buy is a great – not to mention, again, Game Pass, where it's just like I want to jump in and play whatever. And, again, I think Game Pass is the great example now of – uh, I'm not feeling this. I'll go to something else. Uh, not feeling this. I'll go to something else. Okay, this one clicks. I'm sticking here for a few hours or days or whatever it's going to be for you. Right. Uh, and again, back to my thing of like, I would not hold your breath for your progress to carry over, your trophies to carry over. Uh, Sysa writes in and says, Speaking about unlocking trophies from, and this is on kindoffunny.com slash wrong. Speaking about unlocking trophies from playing the game trials, you mentioned Ubisoft transferring trophies over when buying the game, but it is not the case for all of them. Personally, I played the trial of Far Cry 6, bought the game during the trial weekend. And the trophies remain locked. And so I'm sorry, I was talking uh, that I wasn't sure if that happened. So you're saying it doesn't, which I would believe. Again, the way trophies work is that, you know, the get, and this is, it depends on the trophy, but specifically for what your example, because this gets me all the time when I move uh, consoles around for multiple uh, reviews. But like, if it's like finish chapter one, if you ping that trophy or you hit that point that would have triggered it and you are on a free trial or whatever, right? Like, the game, when you turn it on, doesn't go, let's run through and make sure they've done every chapter. Yeah, It had to be present to get that for you. So, yeah, you probably have to start a new save file, go through and, and hit whatever the thing is you missed to do it again, which I've had to do. Or has kept me away from Platinums on reviews and stuff like that. But I digress. Gary, there's still so much PlayStation news, if you can believe it. But we're already 50 minutes into the show. So let me tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can write in and be part of the show. Of course, you can get the questions read. You can be a Patreon producer. You get the exclusive post show we do. And most importantly for right now, you can get the show ad free. But guess what, Jack? You're not on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. So here's a word from our sponsor. Hey, computer people announced at CES and available now the latest generation of Razer Blades feature all new NVIDIA GeForce RTX 30 series GPUs and up to an RTX 3080 Ti featuring a suite of cutting edge features to improve gameplay, including NVIDIA Reflex. NVIDIA Reflex delivers the ultimate competitive advantage, the lowest latency, the best responsiveness. Get the competitive edge you need at sub 25 milliseconds. And I asked the one, the only, the Nitro Rifle. Andy Cortez is that good? And he said, ooh wee, sub 25 milliseconds is great. And I said, that's fantastic. Acquire targets faster, react quicker, and increase aim precision in the most competitive games such as Apex Legends, Fortnite, Call of Duty, and more. Learn more about the Razer Blades powered by NVIDIA GPUs with NVIDIA Reflex technology at Razer.com. When I needed a printer, I turned to Twitter and so many of you told me brother was the way to go. For more than a year now, Jen and I have been using our brother printer for immigration paperwork, baby paperwork, and a million other things. It's been great, but you know what printers need? Ink. And while it used to be a hassle to get ink, Brother's Refresh Easy print subscription has made it easy. The Brother Refresh Easy print subscription service is a printing plan that is based on the number of pages you print. You choose 
choose a monthly plan based on your print volume needs, color, black and white, and all print for one monthly cost. And instead of having to remember to buy replacement ink cartridges, your printer does the work for you through an intelligent ink and toner level monitoring feature that tracks the remaining amount of ink or toner and orders it before you run out. The Brother Refresh Easy Print Subscription Service is a convenient, worry-free way to print. Each plan is flexible, and you can change or cancel your subscription at any time. So what are you waiting for? Stop running out of ink when you need it most and put your printer to work with the Brother Refresh Easy Print Subscription Service by signing up at brother-usa.com slash printwithrefresh. Again, that's brother-usa.com printwithrefresh to sign up for the Brother Refresh Easy Print Subscription Service and stop worrying about your ink levels. All right, guys, let's chat skincare. If your skincare routine is basically you washing your face in the shower with that one shower gel that you've been using since high school, then it's time to level up your skincare game. Because as it turns out, that regular body wash you've been using that you thought was good enough is probably damaging your skin. But thanks to Lumen, you can drop that bottle of three-in-one and start using products that actually take care of your skin. With Lumen, you get the highest quality products. All their products aim to help with those stubborn acne scars, under eye circles, wrinkles, sun damage, dry skin, oily skin, you name it, it's all there. Starting with Lumen is easy. All you have to do is take a two-minute quiz on their website and they'll tell you exactly which routine is best for your skincare needs. Gia's been using the charcoal face wash and charcoal face scrub and she feels so fresh afterward. She has dry skin, so especially during the winter, it's nice to have that hydration and exfoliation. Also, she's a big fan of the really subtle citrus smell. Level up your skincare game with Lumen Skin today. Go to lumenskin.com slash kindoffunny to get your free trial of Lumen's products. That's L-U-M-I-N skin.com slash kindoffunny for a free trial. Lumenskin.com. Number three on the rope report, variable, variable, variable refresh rate is coming to PS5. I'm going to stumble through this one. Today, we're excited to announce that variable refresh rate, VRR, support will start rolling out globally to PlayStation 5 players this week. On HDMI 2.1, VRR compatible TVs and PC monitors, VRR dynamically syncs the refresh rate of the display to the PlayStation 5 console's graphical output. This enhances visual performance on PS5 games by minimizing or eliminating visual artifacts, such as frame pacing issues and screen tearing. Gameplay in many PS5 titles feels smoother as scenes render seamlessly, graphics look crisper, and input lag is reduced. Previously released PS5 games can be fully optimized for VRR through a game patch, and future games may include VRR support at launch. In the coming weeks... The PS5 versions of these titles will receive patches enabling VRR support. Astro's Playroom, Call of Duty Vanguard, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Deathloop, Destiny 2, Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition, Dirt 5, Godfall, Marvel Spider-Man Remastered, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege, Tribes of Midgar. VRR will arrive globally through a PlayStation 5 console update over the next few days. Make sure you're connected to the internet to receive the update. Once you've received the update, VRR will automatically be enabled for supported games if your PS5 console is connected to an HDMI 2.1 VRR compatible TV or monitor. And, I'm sorry, you must turn it. You can also <laughs> turn it off under screen settings. Blah, blah. Uh, as an added option, you can also choose to apply VRR to PS5 games that don't support it. This feature may improve video quality for some games, this result is if this results in any unexpected visual effects, you can turn this option off at any time. Time RRV Gary, you give a shit about VRR? Um, I think so. I'm not entirely sure. It's interesting. I, this is something that I've has obviously been in the conversation a while since the two, um, the two new consoles launched, right? Because Xbox had VRR at launch and, and Sony and PlayStation 5 didn't, and a lot of people are asking why. And it's been on Sony's list. Oh, it's coming, it's coming, and now it's finally coming. So that's good. Um, the way, I mean, you obviously explained it in, in basic terms. Yeah, it makes games look better, right? Okay, sure. but how? Like, how Like how noticeable is it? I don't know. Like, I, I don't even know if it's something you could like, watch a YouTube video to, to even notice. Like, would, it, would, 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 a, would a video even be able to, to replicate what you'd be seeing natively, you know, output on a, on, a, on a display? So I don't know. I'd be interested in seeing, like, a comparison. Like, here's what, you know, Ratchet and Clank on Miles Morales look sure. like pre and post- VRR, like how, like would would I even notice it? I don't know. Like you hear a lot about ray tracing, but honestly, I look at ray traced and non ray traced versions of games, and it's really, really hard. Unless you're looking at, oh yeah, I guess there's a bit more of a shadow in a, a bit more of a reflection in that puddle. But for the most part, like sometimes it's really obvious and sometimes it's not. So I feel like the you know the the effect is as is as variable as the refresh rate, right? So, hey, see like what I did there? See, sometimes like it's very that. noticeable, like sometimes it's not. I would like to see it again. I think people are going to be happy about this. 
um it's uh you know the the tech heads out there are like well i want all the i want all of the letters i want hdmi 2.1 i want vrr i want ray tracing i want all the things um but you know and once it comes out again for me what i would like to see is some kind of um comparison maybe digital foundry will do something when uh when this drops on playstation 5 but again i don't even know how noticeable it would be on a in a in a video reproduction of you know what's being natively output so i don't know but again a good thing it was again it's yeah. a box that sony needed to check for a while in in the in in all of the kind of the dick measuring between the xbox and the playstation it's something the xbox fans are, oh we have vrr and you don't well i'm, I'm glad that sony is finally um uh, correcting that Kebabs claims he's seen it in Ratchet and Clank. He was playing it yesterday and says it is noticeable and likes it. He also adds that Digital Foundry is already working on a video. Oh, good. Okay, so that makes so, so presumably then it is something that you can illustrate in yeah. a in a video reproduction. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But you know, Kebabs, he's in the tank for Insomniac and Ratchet and Clank. So who knows? I mean, he, honestly, I mean, uh, my, honestly, Kebabs might be Ted Price. I'm excited because I, I mean, you know, having played Miles Morales and played Ratchet and Clank on PS5, those games already look fucking fantastic, gorgeous, right? Gorgeous. So yeah. interesting to see just how much more better, you know, how much more better um <laughs> uh vrr might might make these games look. well th talking about how vrr might make playstation better let's talk about how playstation is trying to make game preservation better number four in the roper report is that playstation apparently has a game preservation team now this is chris scullion over at vgc playstation has set up a new game preservation team according to a new employee uh garrett Fredly, uh, who had previously been working on it as a build engineer for Canadian mobile developer Kabam, has now joined PlayStation as a senior build engineer. Celebrating his new employment, Fredly posted a message on his Twitter and LinkedIn pages expressing his excitement at joining the new preservation team. Today is my first day as senior build engineer for PlayStation, working as one of their initial hires for the newly created pres preservation team. Game preservation was my first career passion. It was my first foray into the world of software engineering slash DevOps and into a world that many are unaware of. I was just a novice back then, contributing any way I could, regardless of my inexperience. Now, I'm back to it, no longer the novice I once was. Fredley had worked at EA between 2016 and 2019, where he, quote, solely led the preservation efforts for the FIFA franchise, resulting in the complete archival of multiple titles, end quote. It's not clear what the new role will entail or exactly what this new game preservation team's aims will be. Regardless, cool they're doing it. This is one of the big things people, you know, every time PlayStation goes to close a store or anybody tries to close a digital storefront, there's the cry of game preservation. Obviously, uh, PlayStation Plus is going to include classic games uh, from the PlayStation history. Maybe that's what this is part of. Maybe it's tracking those down and making future ones of future old games work. Who knows what it'll be, but... Game preservation being taken seriously at somewhere as big as PlayStation is great. Yeah, I agree. I think game preservation is really, really important. I mean, what we're coming up on now, or maybe we've even passed it, you know, 50 years. Um, yeah, more than 50 years of gaming history, right? G gaming has been a thing for, for more than 50 years, almost as no longer than I've been alive. Very close, though. Um, and there's a, there's, a, there's a ton of history. And the, the thing that makes it tricky is, I mean, if you compare it to, for example, film preservation, film preservation sure. is not a simple process either. It's very, very difficult. Um, but there's different layers of it, right? Like you can try to, you know, preserve and restore um, and protect, you know, the original negatives, right? The original, you know, film celluloid copies of the film you put them down in vaults and you know put them in you know in temperature control conditions and all that kind of stuff but there's also things you can do like copy the movie you know digitally and restore that and you know and and, and try to you know create copies of it that can then you know be preserved you know more effectively in the long term so like analog to digital is a big sure. thing With, what's interesting about video games is of course they're all digital to begin with um but so so many of them are dependent on the hardware they're running on right like for example one of the things that i think in, in in years to come is gonna that's gonna make the experience of playing a game the way it was originally played if you really care about preserving that is the fact that sooner or later crts are just all going to be gone for right sure. um and that there's a huge huge difference between playing a game on a crt like the tv that you had when you were a kid and playing it on a flat screen now with the bullshit kind of fake scan lines and things they put it's just not the same um, and emulation sometimes can be, you know, we, it's a big conversation. We hear it all the time, like different levels of emulation. Sometimes it's perfect. Sometimes it's not. But the only way, the only way to truly preserve the original game is not just to preserve the game, but also the hardware that it was running on. Right. Like there's, yeah. there, I think there is, there is a difference. 
between playing like a Super, Super Nintendo game on an emulator and playing it on a Super Nintendo with the original controllers on, you know, an old, you know, Trinitron or whatever TV you had down in you know, sure, the, your, sure. your, your basement when you were a kid. It's, um, it's, it's a big deal. I was recently watching a, a retro video the other day they were some game um retro guy that like likes to collect old hardware and kind of spruce it up and play those old games the way they were meant to be played was like for example like a lot of a lot of game guys will will, will go out and get their their, their old crts from the goodwill store right because people are throwing out all sure. their crts goodwill stores don't even take them anymore they don't want them because they're big they're heavy sure. nobody really wants them except really you know heavy. retro God game really preservation heavy. guys and so it's getting harder and harder to to preserve again not just the console but the displays on which those games were played like all of this stuff is getting old right it's rusting it's it's getting thrown in dumpsters and so game preservation i think is re- there's so many different parts of it it's very complicated it's preserving the code preserving the original copies that sometimes you know the, these are all these are all um media that de- that degrade right cassette tapes magnetic media like it, you know, hard drives they they get old and they break down you know the disk drives themselves the things that play them they need constant maintenance like actually maintaining like the like the true museum pieces like the original original hardware and software that's really hard so i think where where there's also a big effort again it's just like just preserving like the digital recreations of them and trying to make that as accurate as possible like the original stuff is eventually it's going to be impossible to to, to keep it in, in good condition and playable um but i, I think that's why there's an increasing uh, big effort in terms of kind of digital uh, you know, we can't we we can't preserve the original, but we can at least preserve like a pretty accurate copy, and make that's going to have to be good enough. Agreed. Yeah, unless you're Eric Castro, you know, Eric Castro from Follow the Leader, and kind of funny, he's kind of gone around the bend. He's just buying CRTs left and right and fixing different handhelds and all sorts of stuff. He's he's a cool guy, but he's got a problem. And Eric, if you're listening, <laughs> you need to stop. Uh, follow him on Instagram though. Uh, number five, uh, Super Mario. This is the final one of the day, by the way. Super Mario Brothers, the movie or whatever, has been delayed. There was a Nintendo tweet yesterday that read like this: "This is Miyamoto." After consulting with Chris Son, my partner at Illumination on the Super Mario Brothers film, we decided to move the global release to spring 2023, April 28th in Japan and April 7th in North America. My deepest apologies, but I promise you, I promise it will be well worth the wait if you forgot cat over at ign writes illumination super mario brothers movie was originally set to be released on december 21st it joins movies like john wick 4 which have been also which have also been delayed to next year i want all i got i miyamoto needs to tweet more from the nintendo account and he's started this is miyamoto that almost became a little bit of a meme yesterday didn't it? everyone oh uh, yeah people were all this, over this it. is miyamoto this is miyamoto this tweets. is miyamoto the hostages are behind. <laughs> you always imagine I, it like, like you know, being um, broadcast out like through City 17 or whatever. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Because this is Miyamoto. This is Miyamoto. These are your gaming directives for today. Super Mario Brothers nice movie day. delayed. Cool. Spring 2023, April 28th, April 7th here in America. We can wait. But yeah, Gary, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, yeah, we'll see. What, how, what does Chris Pratt's Mario sound like? I gotta know. I think it's going to sound a lot like Chris Pratt. I got to know. Uh, I'm excited to know what Chris Pratt's Mario sounds like, Gary, but that's so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shop, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. Zombie Army for Dead War is out on Switch today. Uh, Demon Gaze is on PC. Dune Spice Wars is on PC in early access. The Serpent Rogue is on PC and PlayStation 5. King Arthur Knight's Tale is on PC. Galactic Civilizations 4 is on PC. And Neon Lore is now live on Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. New dates for you. Dark Quest Board Game is launching on Steam early access May 4th. Uh, today, Niantic announced details for Pokemon on go fest 2022 taking place saturday june 4th and sunday june 5th 2022 and then while we are alive uh sifu put out hold on one second, one second, one second, one second. you ever do that thing gary where you're like wait a second no did i read this email closely enough because we are live let's make sure uh-huh, uh-huh. while you're um available around over there i can yeah. tell i'll give you a little bit of update on my end you've sold uh four books for me so far 
Guys, I told you. I Including one hard copy, which is real money. So, wow, look at you. You're welcome. And I'd like look a cut. You. Uh, Sifu released while we were live a roadmap for what's going on with the game. Uh, <laughs> listing spring, they're adding difficulty options, advanced training, and outfit selection. Summer, advanced scoring and gameplay modifiers. Fall, a replay editor. And then winter gets a new game mode, arenas. Uh, so you can go check out any of the slow clap, uh, you know, social channels for more information on that. Get in there, figure out what's going on with it, and do have your fun there. Uh, deals of the day for you this is a possible playstation plus leak it was not confirmed as we went live take it with a grain of salt i'm throwing open the blog right now but it shouldn't be up yet it's too early in the week uh right now uh d labs which looks like d labs but there's only one l the La d labs d labs uh is saying fifa 22 curse of the dead gods and tribes of midgar are in fact your playstation plus oh god when you said fifa 22 curse of the dead gods i thought that was like an expansion for <laughs> fifa 22 it's all one it's all one thing i'd love to see those i want to see that i can understand that uh we asked people watching live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games to go to kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com or listening on podcast services around the globe uh, okay uh ghost says overwatch 2 beta is out today on pc that is correct and i do believe uh they're oh yeah a bunch right of streamers are resting it today i saw that our streamers are doing it right now ladies and gentlemen we are ending kind of funny games daily to go do the post show on patreon.com slash kind of funny games if you aren't going to go over there or maybe you're listening or watching later you can catch all of that on patreon.com slash kind of funny games but you can catch on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games right now mike and andy doing the overwatch 2 beta uh and if you miss that youtube.com slash kind of funny plays you can catch it later Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow we will be back with more games daily. It'll be Blessing and Janet. Thursday will be me and Blessing. Friday will be Blessing and Tim. I can't wait to hear his stories from Vegas. Blessing, not Tim. He didn't go anywhere. You can go to Kind of Funny Podcast. Seems like he had a good time based on his uh, Instagram. He sure did. He hurt his knee, though. You see that? Dancing. How did he do that? He was trying to um, uh, limbo, I believe it was. He was trying Limbo's to do something electric like slide or something. Okay. Yeah, something like that. One of those dances you do at a wedding. I don't know. He'll tell us about it soon enough. Ladies and gentlemen. This has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday. Platforms around the world, YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, Twitch, you know the you know the deal. Of course, remember, you can support us uh, a number of ways, most importantly for right now, uh, using the Epic Creator Code, Kind of Funny. Uh, if you're buying stuff in the Epic Game Store, if you're playing Fortnite later, if you're playing Rocket League later, use that Creator Code, Kind of Funny, and have some fun. Right now, we got a post show to do, Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. But until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.